Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. Pastor Gabe, nice to meet you. If you are the first time watching here today, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are so glad that you are here with us today, along with my wife, Lajinska. We pastor, we have the honor of pastoring here at Emmanuel Church. And today, I'm, I'm dressed up. It's not usual that I wear a coat, especially when we're doing like online services. But our church, uh, Emmanuel Church and our, our Spanish church, uh, Templo Manuel, which we started out of, um, is celebrating today 39 years, uh, 39, our 39th anniversary. And so we're getting into the 40, uh, getting close to 40 years old. Our church is hitting middle age. Um, I've been here since, uh, since I was born, and I'm 30 years old. And so I've been here since I was born. I grew up in this church. I believe the way my mom said it, our pa- our senior pastor, uh, Pastor Mary, said that the week, like the week or two after I was born, they were already taking me to church. So I, uh, I I've been going to church since since the beginning, since just right uh, right at the beginning. I, I, I used to know a pastor friend in uh, San Antonio who was a teacher of mine at uh, Bible school. He would tell me, he's like, Gabe, you you grew up, you, you were born saved. That's just how it worked for you. That's just how it happened, which is not true, of course. You know, I gave my life to the Lord a little later in life, but I did grow up in this church, and we are so glad that God has given us an opportunity to be a part of this. Later, um, this next year, coming up in April, we will be celebrating Emmanuel Church as three years as a part of this ministry. So we are uh, excited we're, to see what God is doing here. And just to give a little bit of background to our history of our church here. Um, so just welcome. Once again, welcome to our online service. We are in week two of our series called uh, In Their Shoes. In Their Shoes. And I, I'm, I, I, uh, I wanted to bring, like the other day I was thinking last week, I was like, I should bring some shoes on stage or something. But then I realized I don't really got nice shoes. Like, I have nicest shoes, but none that you would recognize because none of them are brand name, you know. And, I mean, I've got a couple of Nikes and stuff like that that my dog chewed up, but that's about it. Like, uh, other than that, I've never owned a pair of Jordans or anything like that. I know people are, uh, what do they call them, sneakerheads, collectors of shoes and things like that. Never been into that. To me, if I can find some shoes at Ross for, like, 20 bucks, that's where I'm going. Like, uh, that's where I'm going to go. But... That being said, the series In Their Shoes is about taking a moment to consider other people around us. What, oh, excuse me, what is it like for others to be, uh, what is it like for others to live their lives? Sometimes we don't go around thinking about what people are going through. We're more concerned about what is happening in our lives, what is going on with us, what we are experiencing, and what we can uh 
what we can get out of life, or, and oftentimes, even though we might not think it subconsciously, a lot of times we're thinking about what is in it for us when we encounter other people. If we don't see any benefit to us, it's hard for us to do something out of the kindness of our hearts. Because we are naturally selfish. We like to take care of ourselves. We like to get ourselves things. We like to protect ourselves and our families and those things that are important to us. So this series is about taking a moment to walk in someone else's shoes, to change our perspectives and see what God has to show us by looking at other people's perspectives. Last week I talked about how Jesus already stepped into our shoes. He stepped into our perspective by coming to this world and living as a human being. And this is so important to us because he is the one that showed us an example. As a pastor, as a leader, I've always, in anything that I've ever been in leadership with, one of my models has always been, do not ask the people that are in my leadership team, volunteers or whoever, don't ask them to do nothing anything that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. And that's something that I've lived by because, and that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He says, I am not going to expect them to to reach out to people, to consider other people, to love people if I am not willing to do it myself. And that's exactly what he did for us. Exactly what he did for us. And my message this week is is called Judgment Shoes. I, I know that like, Judging other shoes, like, it's not the most creative title in the world, but we do that, though. Like, have you ever, like, most people think, like, I used to think that nobody pays attention to anybody else's shoes, but I think we do pay attention to shoes more often than not. We pay attention to clothes, we pay attention to shoes, what, what people are wearing. And so, the whole trend, I remember, that, like, sparked that in my head, even though, you know, I'm a little slower on social things, but th- that, that sparked that in my head was the meme that went around several years ago on Vine, what are those? Like, people would point out shoes, I know, and I know it's a dumb thing, but people would point out shoes, and it's like, what is that? What is on your feet? What are you wearing? You know, and there's all kinds of memes that came out of that uh, as a result of that. But shoes are something that we tend to judge. If we see someone with cheap shoes, uh, we might not say anything, but in our heads, we're judging them silently. It's like, oh, man, that, man, those shoes just don't look good. Like, why would they wear Crocs? I know some of you like Crocs. I don't like Crocs. Uh, we, we judge Crocs. We, we judge shoes. We judge people. And so Jesus wants us to know that that's not something that we should do. Judgment is easy for us to do. It's part of our nature. When we meet someone, we make a judgment. That's why they say first impressions are so important. First impressions are so important. To me, I've lived that. But we can often judge people wrong. And I've lived that. Two of my closest friends... I like to say this because it's real funny. Because two of my closest friends right now, when they first met me, they did not like me. Like, that was just... The reality. Two people that I know that are some of my closest friends, they told me years later, it's like, you know, when I met you and when I would be around you, I just like had this desire to punch you in the face. I'm just like, God, was I that bad? Like, what is going on with, with me? What was I doing that led them to be that way? But that was their initial judgment of me. 
But now, years later, we're close friends. We're very close friends. And, uh, like, I, I, I don't even know how we got from there to here, but we, we did. But the problem is, is that we do that all the time with people. We make judgments about people based on situations, based on one moment in time, based on something that they did. And because of that, we define their whole character by that one thing. John chapter 7, verse 24, uh, Jesus said, Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Judge correctly. So what does that mean? Like... What does it mean to judge correctly? What does it mean to judge someone in the first place? Why do we judge people and how can we stop? These are the things I want to share with you today. We judge people for many reasons. We want, we do, one of the main reasons is obviously we don't know people well. It's easy to define people by the experience we have when we first meet them, especially when we are not ever going to probably see them again. People we see in the grocery store. People we see when we're out traveling or doing things in life. You know, even times people that we pass by at work, our our co-workers, our our even uh, people that go to school with us in college, in high school, in middle school. Like, it's easy to pass judgment on people when we see them from a distance and we don't really know them. It's easy to say, man, you know, because of the way they dress, I know how they are. Man, they, they seem to pay a lot of attention to their appearance. They must be conceited. You know, they're always posting stuff on social media. All they want is clout. Like, that, that we make these judgments about people without really knowing them. We don't know them well, and so what we end up doing is judging them. We give them a bad rap. We, give them, uh, we define their whole character saying, man, they're just, they're just a bad person. And we don't even know them. We don't even know them. And so it's easy to do that. Second reason we, uh, uh, second uh, thing that we, second reason or thing we judge people, why we judge people. um, When we cannot identify somebody's system, values, or behavior, or like, well, we can't understand it. You You ever met someone that they do something and you're just like, I don't get it. Like, why do they do that? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, and so immediately we say, well, they just must be weird. There must be something wrong with them. There must be something that doesn't make sense. I think this one we do a lot. This one often happens to us a lot when it comes to homeless people. Um, because we see them as a, why, well, man, if they're homeless, that must mean that they're lazy. That must mean that they're a drug addict. That must mean that there's this or that. Like, Because it doesn't make sense that they're homeless. They shouldn't be homeless. And so immediately we judge them. We judge them. Another reason we judge people is because we perceive that they threaten us. Oof. I, that, that, that's a tough one. Because sometimes you don't even realize it yourself in the moment. Someone that you perceive as more attractive than you, more successful than you, more, oh, like, oh, or or you see that they might be more spiritual than you or something. So immediately we'll we'll jump on them. It's like, well, you know, they can't be all good. They can't be all good. There's got to be something wrong with them. And so immediately we start attacking them because that kind of thing, that threatening feeling comes from our insecurities. We see our shortcomings in the, uh, we see our shortcomings more because someone else is not in the same place that we are. Or 
we see negative things in ourselves. Another reason is we project onto other people. We see the worst characteristics of ourselves and others, and so we immediately judge them. And we try to say, like, well, you know, at least I'm not that bad. At least I'm not that bad. All of these are reasons why we judge people, and we shouldn't, you know? We shouldn't be judging people because of the way they live their life or because of the the sin they struggle with. Just because they struggle with a different sin than you do doesn't mean that you have the right to judge them. Just because they struggle with maybe the same sin that you do doesn't mean that you have the right to judgment. It's like, well, I'm over that. And I see that, man, oof, you know, the Lord helped them. But we, we, we do that. We do that. And so there are different kinds of judgment that I want, I want to talk about that are sinful types of judgment. Because I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't judge people. The Bible does tell us that we should judge those that are inside the church. Because we are supposed to build each other up. We call out a wrong in love because we want to make them better. But what I want to address today is not that. I want to address the kinds of judgment, the sinful judgment in our lives where we put people down for no reason. When we put people down when we shouldn't. They're superficial judgment. We judge what's on the outside and we in the moment. We see someone in the grocery store and they're uh, throwing a fit. Or they're in a rush. Or they're angry or they're upset. You know, I know we see a lot of that today and there's a whole term for it. I'm not going to say it out here. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Those people that go up and they need to talk to the manager. We judge people in those moments. We judge people in those moments and we think they must be a terrible person without really considering what's going on in their lives. These are superficial judgments. We judge what's on the outside. And so Jesus told us, don't judge by appearances. Because you don't know. You don't know what they're going through. They might be going through a loss in their life. And they're grieving and it's coming out as anger expressed to other people. They might not mean it, but it happens. We judge them by a, a moment of weakness, a moment of sin in their lives. And we tell them, just because of that, they're, they're just bad people. Second type of judgment, hypocritical. Nobody likes a hypocrite. But the truth is, we're all hypocrites. That's the re- that, that is the reality of it. Because we, it's so easy for human beings to tell someone they should live one way and then live the other way in private. It's so easy. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy. And, and Jesus warns us against that in Matthew chapter 7. He says, don't be hypocritical. He tells us a parable and he says, how dare you judge the speck in someone else's eye when you got a plank in your own and you haven't dealt with it yet? He says, you're judging people for things that you shouldn't be, that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with. And you're wondering, why do people not like me? Because... You yell at them for problems that you're facing. You, you lash out at them and you're a hypocrite. We all do it though. I'm not saying there's certain people. Every one of us can be a hypocrite. But it's, it's, it's wrong. Because we're, they're, they're struggling. They're trying to find a way through life, through this sin, through their struggle. And yet all we do is put them down. So Jesus doesn't want us to judge hypocritically. Jesus doesn't want us to judge harsh harshly and unforgiving titus 3 2 tells us that we should be gentle when we love people that when we when we interact with people that we need to be kind to them 
All of us have struggles on our own in our in life. And we wouldn't want us, if we're having a bad day, we wouldn't want someone else to start yelling at us for, for things that we don't understand or just because we're feeling sad and we look gloomy or this or that, you know. Uh, the worst compliment, the, not compliments, these are not compliments. The worst things I hate when people tell me, you know, when I am having a, a struggle, I'm struggling and I'm tired. You know, you can see the bags under my eyes and I know. And then people, man, you look tired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I'm tired because I am tired. And we don't like when people do that, but we're harsh to people. We point out things like that. We're unforgiving. We don't, we, we, we quickly are, we're real quick to put people and say for justice sake that they need to be punished. But we don't really think about the other side and say we should also forgive them. We, should, we, should, we shouldn't hold on to that hatred. Another type of judgment that God wants us to stay away from is self-righteous judgment. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, God opposes the proud. Pride is one of the biggest things that will cause us to judge people. Pride will keep us, uh, set us up as better than others. Jesus tells a story, I I love this story because I've seen it before in real life. You think it's just a story, but I've seen it happen in real life. He says, there are two men in the temple and one of them is a tax collector and he's on his face on the ground. God, forgive me for the sin that is in my life. And he says, and then there's a priest next to him praying, saying, God, I am great, aren't I? I'm not like that guy. But we do that. People do that. They, they put themselves over and say, you know, I'm better than that person. I may not be perfect, but I'm better than that person. We set ourselves up over people in self-righteousness and claim to be holy, claim to know God, yet we put people down. Yet we put people down. False judgment. It's another one here. The last one on my list. False judgment. We make things up about people because we're unhappy with them. Now, I hope you don't do this. I hope nobody does this. But I know that there there are instances I've seen it. I've been, I have been a victim of this, where people have come, and this is people talking behind your back, creating rumors and stuff like that. It happens. In Spanish, the word is chisme, the gossip. You know, the chisme, the puro chismosos. Uh, we have those gossipers, and they do these things. They create lies behind people's backs. And I have been victim of this, where I have been judged by other people because of something someone else said that wasn't true. These are different kinds of judgment and these different kinds of judgment are the things that ultimately what judgment does is it puts people down. It, put, it, 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 it shows our hatred for them. It shows disdain for them. It shows anger for them. But what judgment ultimately does to us is that it dampens and darkens the light that Jesus has given us. It dampens and darkens the light that Jesus has given us. We have been called as the people of God, as the church, to be a light in this world. To be the salt of the earth, to give it flavor, to give it hope, to give it something. But when we set out to judge people, we darken that light. The Bible tells us that if you are going to judge people then you better expect that you are going to be judged as harshly as you judge others. 
And then we wonder why people hate the church. It's like, man, why do people hate God? Why do people hate the church? Well, look at the, the face of Christianity that often is out in the media and out in other places that they hate uh, the LGBT community, that they're against so much stuff that the church is more known for what they stand against than what they stand for. They're more known for what they judge than what they love. And so when people see the church or when people want are invited to church or think about church, they don't think about love. They don't think about care. They judge the church because they, they, we have judged them. And rightly so. If God tells us if we are going to judge people, we're going to be, we should be expect to be judged just as harshly. So how do we change that? How do we change the image of the church? How do we stop judging people how do we judge correctly as jesus said first of all we have to try and understand people and their circumstances before saying anything i think this one's hard for us to do because it's real we 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 don't like (laughs) i'm not trying to say it anything like this but we don't like to think if it's the easiest way no i mean me me too we will take our brains will take the easiest route always we love convenience we love easy i mean who doesn't amazon one click chip in two days like we love this kind of stuff we love going through the drive-thru getting our food in five minutes takes us and takes more than five minutes we're angry like we love convenience we love easy so it's hard to to take a moment and stop and think about the other person's circumstances we realistically uh, practically this looks like when you're in the grocery store and you see someone giving you a hard time, it's like, you know, maybe they're not having a good day today. You know, I, I don't know what's their, what their life is, but maybe there's something going on at home that they're struggling with. Maybe, you know, they're, they're about to get fired and they know it. Maybe they're, they're struggling paycheck to paycheck. Maybe they've got someone at home that's sick and they're just trying to get back. I mean, you know, we don't know. So we have to think about it and be open to the idea that our perspective doesn't show everything because it doesn't. We think we know it all, but we do not. We think in the moment, it's like, well, you know, I'm just a good judge of character. Anybody ever told you that? It's like, I just know people. I just know people. But the, the truth is we don't. We don't know everybody's perspective. We don't know what they're going through. We got to ask the questions. Have I given the person a chance? Have I given them a chance to share in their perspective? Have I done the same things? Because chances are you have. Being angry at the store, being angry at a restaurant, being unhappy, being the rude person, answering the phone rudely. Like, have we done these before? And another thing we should ask ourselves when considering someone else's perspective, what questions should I ask before drawing conclusions? Do I need to talk to them? Do I need to ask a question? It's like, hey, are you doing okay? Hey, are you having a tough time? Hey, is there something I can help you with? What questions do we need to ask? We need to understand that our perspective doesn't tell us everything. Number two, we need to accept that we cannot change people or control everything. This is, this, this is key because a lot of us, whether we want to do, whether we admit it or not, we like to be in control. We like to be in control of our own lives. We like to be in control of the things we do, the things we say, the places we go. This is why I think a lot of people are angry about stuff when it comes to quarantine and other things like that. Nobody can tell me what to do. We like to control. We like to be in control. 
We like to say that we have power and ability over people. And we think that just sometimes, I, I don't know where we get it from, but we think that sometimes by just thinking or, or, or judging people that they're immediately going to change. You know? I, I've been on the receiving end where I've been doing something wrong and someone has called me out for it. And I'm like, man, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. I'm good. We do that though. We think that we can control people by just telling them something. And then we don't, we don't say it in love. We're rude. We, 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 we think that we can do something about it. We've got to ask ourselves, will this matter in a, in a few months? Like, will it matter that they're being angry right now? Will it matter that we, we, we know? Uh, will it matter that if we actually say something or do something or inter, interfe- intervene in the situation? It's number two. Is God trying to teach me something in this moment? I think a lot of times we don't even think about that. Is God trying to teach? Because, I mean, we, we ask God for a lot of stuff. I mean, people ask God for a lot of things a lot of times, and God does, doesn't always answer the way we want it to. We ask God for patience, and then God puts us in front of, behind difficult people. Come on. We ask God for patience, and then he puts us in 45-minute traffic. We ask God for patience. We ask God for control. We ask God for these things. And he puts us in situations where we have opportunities to express this. God, give me an opportunity to love someone, and he puts us in front of someone difficult. Like we can control God. Like we can control our situations. What is God trying to teach us something? And uh, the third question we should ask on this point is, what makes it difficult for me to accept this right now? What makes it difficult for me to accept it and let it go? That, you know, I can just move on from this situation. Number three, how do we, move, how do we stop judging people ultimately? We love people. God loves people. And the best way, you know, we hear all kinds of stuff in in a lot of Christian circles, I hear this all the time. We're in a culture war. We're, you know, we're again, the, 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 our culture is trying to kill us. The culture is trying to kill the church. People are trying to destroy the church. You know, and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there. I'm not going to go and justify them by saying any of them. But the reality is, is that we think that we're in a battle, and we are. But the best way to fight is not by yelling back at people. It's not by arguing with people online. That's not going to change anything. The best way to combat a judgmental heart, the best way to combat people that are putting us down is to love people like God loves them. The world needs your love and kindness. The world needs your love and kindness more than your opinion. It needs your kindness towards those that are hurting, that are broken. It doesn't need your judgment. God has called us to love. In John chapter 13, 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, that's so drastically different. A lot of people think that by fighting against the culture, that's how people are going to know the church. No. He says, by the love you have for one another, by the love you have for your fellow human being, through the difficulties that they are going through, that's how they're going to know that you're my disciples. That's how they're going to know that you're different. That's how they're going to know the difference between the false church and the real church. That's how they're going to know that you come from God and not from yourself. 
How have we got, we have to ask ourselves these questions when it comes to God's love and how we treat people. How has God demonstrated his love in my life? One, because we got to remember that that love comes, the love that we need to show others comes first from what God did for us. He gave us a son. What has he done for us? He's given us so much. He's given us everything that he is. Second question, what are ways can I, I can extend that same love, patience, and grace that God has given me? What can I do in this situation? The next time we're in a difficult situation or encountering a difficult person, instead of thinking, man, I just want to get out of this line. Man, I want to get out of here. Man, I don't want to deal with this. Instead, think, how can I make this person's day better today? How can I extend God's love to this person in this moment? How, the third question, how can I respond in a way that builds up the other person rather than tears them down? How can you respond in that way? In the face of people criticizing you, how can you respond? How can you turn the other cheek, as Jesus says? How can you build people up? Because that's what ultimately God has called us to do. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. If we're worried so much about what other people are doing and about how to, about how to judge rightly, we need to remember that we can, anything that we do as the church, anything that we do as believers must start in love. Love covers sin. Not only did God's love cover our sin, but if we love others, it will cover the sins of other people in our life around us. Instead of being concerned about how they're living their lives, will you show them the love of God so that they can experience that? You cannot change someone's sin, but God can. You cannot change someone's life, but God can. If all we are concerned about in this world is being right, then we're wrong. If, we are, if what we are concerned about in this world is showing love, then we're in the right. We're in the right. And as I close today, I want to challenge you. During this series, we're going to continue to talk about different things, about how we can understand other people's perspective. But what I want to challenge you today is how this, this week, this day, today, this one challenge you can get, you get homework today. Nobody likes homework, but this is what we should do. This is how we should live. What can you do today that can extend God's love to others? What can you do today? This is our challenge, not just today. It starts today, but every day. Every day we should be looking for these opportunities to love people. To stop judging others yeah, I know there's a lot of sin in the world and there's nothing wrong with calling out sin. There's nothing wrong with calling out the darkness. In fact, we're supposed to do these things. But like I said, and this is so important, if there's anything else that you, you get out of today, I want you to understand this. If you want to fight the darkness, you fight it with love. If you want to fight the darkness, you fight, fight it with love. If you want to fight hatred, you fight it with love. Not with laws, not with political parties, not with right opinions, not with arguments. You fight these things with love. We will defeat the enemy of the kingdom of God with love and nothing else. And this is what we have been called to do today. So I want to pray with you today. I want to pray one prayer like I always do. 
for anybody that might need Jesus. But to preface it, I want to say this. If you have felt judged because the church has put you down or someone in the church, someone that called themselves a Christian has put you down, I'm sorry. And I want to tell you that Jesus is not like that. He doesn't stand before you to beat you down with your mistakes and with your sin. He doesn't beat you down. Instead, he picks you up. He lifted, he, he was lifted on a cross to give his life to lift you up. He was lifted up from the grave. He came back to give you hope, to give you a chance at a second, a second chance. That's what he wants for you today. And so I'm going to pray the prayer for those who want to know Jesus today. And then I'm going to pray for us, church, that we would stop being so judgmental and be like Jesus in this world. And love those that we come in contact to. So if you want to make that choice right now to follow Jesus, I ask that you just close your eyes where you're at. We're going to pray for you. All our team that is here today, everybody that is here, we want to pray for you. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Jesus, I need you. I want to know your love. So here I am. Here is my life. Give me a second chance at it. Father, for anyone that prayed that prayer right now, we cover them in the love of Jesus. We ask that they know, we ask that they get to experience in this moment your presence, your power, your love, your hope, and understand that in this moment they are made new. Like your word says, when you give your life to Jesus, you are a new creation. When you give your life to Jesus, he is there for you. He walks with you. He picks you up. He he wipes, wipes away the tears. He brings healing and hope and love and peace. In this moment, we surround them and let them know and welcome them to this family. Welcome to the family of God. We celebrate this new life and we want them to know that they are not alone. And this prayer is with with our church. Together, we want them to know that they are not alone. Now on this journey, they have a family that they can walk with. A family that will help them and lead them and grow them and help them and just love on them. We thank you, God. We thank you for them in this moment. And right now, I'm going to pray for the church. Father, I just ask that you forgive us if we have been judgmental, if we have been hateful, if we have, have in our weakest moments, uh, been hateful for people for things that are going on in our own lives if we have been angry at people because of the way they live their lives god let us not be a church that is marked by judgment and hatred let us be a church that is marked by love god transform our hearts as you said in your word we pray this prayer get take away the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh so that we can be warm towards people, so that we can extend to them the same love that you have given us. Help us to be that church. Help us to see others through your eyes. 
and not through our judgments, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystories. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.